I'm looking at the time here, and here we go. This is it, episode number 232 of No Laugh Track Podcast. This is Justin Severson. I am the host, and uh, thank you, Circle of Heat, for letting us play your music there at the beginning. Uh, last week was great. You know, you listened. Pete Lee was here as open and as honest as ever, sharing things that people don't share on microphones. He's awesome, and his friend and my friend is here this week, Tracy Ashley. You have a lot to live up to. I do. I, I do. I, you know, I didn't get a chance to, I'm going to be honest, I didn't listen to it, but when I had read what you wrote, I was like, uh-oh, Pete must have got really deep he, on the podcast. Oh, yes. So I've been, I'm going to wait until I have the time to like just to sit and listen to it, because mm-hmm. I want to I listen to the whole thing. Yes. And uh, so I, I'm not even going to ask you what he talked about. No, nope, you sure just got, he got very personal. So I want to I want to hear you, it. easy to find two thirty one. Oh, I know. One week ago. I know I had it right <laughs> on my phone. I'm going to listen to it. Awesome. Tracy. Yes. Here we are. Yes. You and me back again. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's start with something. I, I when I was doing uh, prepping for today, I was I was thinking back to the Acme 25th anniversary show. And I was like, did I? Did I see Tracy? Yeah. She performed here, right? Yes, 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 yes you did. did. Yes. Yeah, were you, I, Justin, I can't, you were here that mm-hmm. night. Okay. Yeah. There were so many people. I know. And so much going on that night. It was a great, great night. That was, uh, I, I, that was so, uh, such a great weekend because I was coming from Carnegie Hall the night before. Yes. From touring with Tracy Morgan. And then I came here. So it was like one of those weekends I was like, man, like to get to Carnegie Hall to, you know, and that was only because I was touring with Tracy, you know, and he said, you're going to perform. And that that meant so much. Mm-hmm. And um, then to come back to the place where you started, yeah, was really huge for me. Were you like, uh, you know, Carnegie Hall? Were you just telling people at the airport? I was just at Carnegie Hall you know this funny? morning, last night. I didn't night. say anything until after it was all done. Because I think for comics, for comedians, we look at it like. Hey, I hate to say this, but it's like it's another gig. It's your next gig, and you got to do well at that gig. Sure. And it doesn't hit you that it's Carnegie Hall because you don't want to get too, you don't want to make it so big in your head, you know, that you can't, you want to go out there and have the best time. And I had the best time. Awesome. I mean, I had the best time on that stage. I was like, Carnegie Hall, please, I got to get famous so I could come back here. This is the (laughs) best, this is the best venue and Uh the best place to perform. And the audience loved it because it was for a comedy festival so these were people who love stand up oh, and okay. it was packed and I mean it was the New York Comedy Festival they were there which they do a great job it was just a, uh, it really was a um, one of the one of my favorite moments in comedy and I have a few and that's one of them awesome and then I came here the next day and it was just like surreal for me I was like man just last night you were on Carnegie Hall and here you are now in the place you started. It just, I don't know, it, it keeps you humble, mm-hmm. too, you know, to remind you where you began. Sure. But, boy, and, but in that moment, though, I was like, oh, man. It's really weird. I kept saying, I did it. <laughs> Even though Carnegie Hall was never something I aimed for. Okay. But it was just so cool that I did it. I got through it, and I didn't uh, freak out, and it ended up being a great show. I got a, got a few applause breaks. People after the show wanted to take pictures and meet me. I had people who had seen me on television who one girl said, I'm so glad you came to New York. She's like, I saw you on television, and I was hoping you'd come to New York. Wow. Yes. Look at she this. waited outside to find me, and she hugged me. And she said, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't, don't watch a lot of comedy. And she told me, because she was uh, 
English was her second language. Okay. And she told me a lot of times I can't follow a lot of the comics because they talk so fast or I can't, you know, really connect. She said, but I always have connected with you since the time I saw you on television. Wow. And she said, and I did not know you were opening tonight. And she said, and that was just a great surprise. I could not believe the Holy conversation cow. I had with this woman. I was like, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, young lady. Very, very. I was so, so moved. I, uh, I pulled up here. This is the um, Star Tribune article that they posted after the 25th anniversary show. Oh, okay. I never saw that. Yeah, Okay, you didn't. No, um, never read it. It, it describes the three-hour performance that okay. we sat here and watched, which was awesome. And then it said, um, uh, it was all about the regulars from the pack crowd who seemed to know every inside joke about the venue. There was right. a lot of inside jokes. A ton jokes of funny there. inside jokes. Yes. Uh, the lineup included Jackie Cation, Mary Max, I Amundsen, Pete Lee. It says, none are huge names, although Tracy Ashley did fly in from New York where she had just opened for Tracy Morgan at Carnegie Hall. Oh, could you, I got to get a copy of that. Uh-huh. I did not know that. Okay, well, then you didn't know this. Ashley even choked up a bit when reflecting on her early days when, uh, when Louis Lee would let her sit in the back for free after her shifts as a sales rep for WCCO-TV just so she could study the craft. And that's, oh, that makes me tear up. Huh? That's the truth. And I, I love, oh, I'm not going to cry, Acme. I love you guys so much. <laughs> that is the truth. I used to come back here. Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> Have a sip of water. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I used to come back here because I knew I wanted to be a comedian since I was a little girl. Yeah. I, I loved I, Lucille Ball. Okay. I used to watch the reruns, right? And I, I studied Lucille Ball. Okay. From the, uh-uh. <laughs> To those weird sounds she did, uh-huh. those amazing facial expressions she had, and that's a lot of me. I have expression. People always say you got the best facial. That's just me and my look. But I, I watched Lucille Ball. To me, she was it. Wow. That wasn't stand up, but uh-uh. it was what she was doing back then, making these people laugh. She was a natural. That mm-hmm. woman was a natural. Yeah. And I studied her, read a lot about her. How she was a B actress. They said Lucille Ball was a B actress back then. She oh, wasn't an A-lister. I didn't know that. Yes, and it's really interesting to read her, her climb and how Lu- the I Love Lucy show was one of the first, I think, sitcom, television shows ever. One of the first, uh, they had live commercials. I mean, this woman was a pioneer. Yeah. So watching her, and I just felt it was so, so influenced, but I knew I wanted to do comedy. I just didn't know where, how, when it would start. And then all of a sudden, things fell into place. And I was talking about this this morning on CCO Radio. I met a woman named Susan Norfleet. We got to look her up because Susan Norfleet was a comedian, is a comedian, and uh-huh. she, I believe, lived here. Okay. I met her on a gay cruise when I was working on cruise ships, and I was, at that time, I think I was the assistant cruise director. Okay. And she was one of the guests on performing. And so the cruise director said, we have a person here who wants to, to do comedy, but she doesn't know where to start or how to start. Would you talk to her? So the cruise director said, hey, I talked to Susan, and I set up a time for you to get together with her. I was like, oh, my God, thank you. I was so happy. Yeah. So I went and sat and talked to her, and I wish I could, could see her, but I went and sat to her, and she told me about writing, and she said, you should go to Minnesota, go to Minneapolis. And I just thought that was so odd. And she said, that's a great scene there, and you will learn about writing, and you'll learn about comedy the right way. I had no plans of going to Minnesota. Uh-huh. Then I meet a guy from Minnesota. We'd start dating, and that's how I ended up yeah. in Minnesota. And I came down to this club, and I met uh, Maggie Ferris. And I had been taking a class with Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray's, oh, yeah. uh, I think he did improv, right? Mm-hmm. But he also taught... Like I have a Stevie Ray's joke book or yeah, something like that. Yeah, he also taught a stand-up comedy class, though. Just It was only three classes. And he helped you write your three minutes to get it together. 
So I came down here and did the three minutes, and I had a great set, but it was like an out-of-body experience because I was so nervous. I know I got laughs, but I didn't pay attention to it. I, you know what I mean? I was just, let's get through this. Yeah. And I'm talking to Maggie Ferris after, and she's like, hey, are you, are you new, new comic? I said, yeah, I've never, you, you know, we just started talking. What's this club like? And she's telling me all this. And, well, I heard that's the owner right there. And I saw Lewis Lee, and I was so scared of Lewis. And she said, I heard you don't talk to him. <laughs> don't talk to him. I said, why? Because that'll ruin it. They said, never talk to him. Oh. So I made sure I was never going to talk to Lewis Lee. Pete Lee comes up to me and he says, hey, are you doing this for real? I just want to know, are you serious about this? I said, I've always wanted to be a comedian. He goes, you should come back. You have uh, a potential. You should definitely come back and do this. You fit the stage. What the comics didn't know back then, they were all like, who's this woman with all this comfortability on stage with the microphone? That's what I had because for years I was a cruise director. And so I knew at least how to talk into a microphone. So when I got on stage, I grabbed the mic. You know, I'm one of the first, I think I was the second person up. Okay. And I just grabbed the mic. And they were shocked, like, who's this three-minuter? Who just came out, grabbed the mic, and like kind of like tried to own it, but I was very nervous. You know, I, oh, I, I, I like the last probably I don't know, let's say seven, eight years, I've been asked to be one of the many judges yes. for the t- funniest yes. person contest. Yes, yes. And that's one of the three categories mm-hmm. is uh, or three or four categories we judge on is the uh, you know your stage presence, your stage presence, and the way you use that mic because mm-hmm. you know people were leaning on it some because they were nervous holding it. Yeah. And I was just taught no, grab that mic. But I had done that for years on the cruise ships, so I wasn't. I had right. no problem talking to people. It was a matter of getting this these jokes together yeah. and when I would come down here then I found when I found out that I could come down here and sit in the back for free during the weekday just don't say nothing about it just come on down quietly and they'll let you in yeah. and you can sit in the back and so I lived right up the street from here and I came down to this club all the time yeah. I couldn't wait I would be done with work. I couldn't wait to get to Acme. And I would sit back there, and I would just watch. And I remember I would think, man, the show is so different from the MC to the feature to the headliner. And then I would notice certain shows where the headliner, what I always wanted, the headliner would come out after those two comics, you know, were getting the people in ready and laughing. That headliner would come out and just boom. Yeah. Destroy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, I didn't know the show could get any better. You know? <laughs> I was so like... Oh, can I do that? Will I have the chops, the technique, the everything that you need to come out? Because this person just followed two people who were good right. and just blew it out the water. And you could see the audience being comfortable and, and not nervous because they knew he had the show in his hand. He or she had the show in their hands. Yeah. And I watched some of the greats sitting back there before they came big and, big and famous. I got to see Louis Black several times sitting in the back. Yeah. That was something to watch. I bet. You know, so I, it's, that was, to me, I decided you're going to school and you're going to learn comedy. And that's what Acme was for me. This was my, my classroom. I came here all the time. All the time in open mic, I didn't miss an open mic if I could. If I couldn't, if I could, I was always here. Have you paid back uh, Lewis the uh, school loans that for Acme? No, I haven't paid him the loans. But when I'm famous, believe me, I'll, I'll let everybody know about Lewis Lee. Yes. I let everybody know about Lewis Lee's first one that told me I had star quality, and I will never forget that ever. That always sits in my heart. 
No one's ever said that to me. Wow. But Louis Lee said that to me when I first started, and he sat me down when I was, as I said that night at Star Tribune, Louis Lee was here for me. Like, when I say he was here when my mother died, he was here when, you know, I came from a tumultuous upbringing, mm-hmm. so I didn't have that traditional family. So I think my people like us, myself, we spend our lives always searching for that family. We connect. I always had a lot of friends who were like my family. Yeah. So when I lived here in Minneapolis, a lot of my Christmases, my holidays, Thanksgivings were spent with people I had met here who welcomed me into their homes. Nice. And, I, and Acme welcomed me into this home. And they were like, they had my back. They still have my back. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's just something special when you can. This is my home club. And I may not live here now, but this is always my home club to me. Always my home club. And I'll just never forget all of the all the years. And Lewis kept telling me, he's like, don't make he gave me such good advice. He said, he told me your star quality, Tracy. So don't mess it up. He said, don't make this. Don't make comedy your life. Because he was trying to let me know, don't become that comic that parties all the time, Mm. you know, that loses track with what you really are here for. Yes, it's fun to hang out with your comedy buddies. It's fun to drink and all of that stuff and hang out and laugh, shoot the shit. Yeah. But don't forget the jokes. Don't forget the comedy and what you're really supposed to be don't here get doing. Don't caught up in the party. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I remember thinking, wow, he really, he's so t- tough, you know. And I watched what he said to happen to several comedians over the years sure. who caught up in the party. Mm-hmm. And now they don't, they don't write any jokes. Yeah. And I, and I would sit back and watch, again, come into comedy college and sit back and watch. I saw all this. I saw the, pa- the people in the audience, how they laughed. I saw the comics. I saw them before the show and after the show. And then I, what I would do, Justin, is I'd come to the show on a Tuesday night. And then I'd, if I could, if I could get in, I'd come on a on weekend, weekend to see the difference, mm-hmm. to see how they grew. And, I mean, I learned so much watching. And I, thought, and I remember saying, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to make that mistake, mm-hmm. you know, and I would write certain things down. I've seen comics bomb here and how they handled the audience. Then I've seen people who where they had a heckler and shut the heckler down yeah. till the whole room was behind that comic. So I use that as, OK, I'm going to learn as much as I can. I'm going to soak it all in because one day I'm going to do that. Yeah. Now, I saw you were sounds like you were pretty happy about last night's. Oh, man. So I'm taping. I'm trying to put together this half hour, right? And so I wrote the whole thing out. I got it all set. You, and that's a comics, a comics dilemma is when you decide to tape because you want it to be perfect. And there's always something that goes, right? So it's the perfect night, Acme Insider. The crowd is fantastic. The two guys that went up, the t- uh, uh, Derek and James, did a fantastic job. So I'm ready to go out. I start the set. It's going great. And then I say a word. I say something that I don't normally say in this particular set I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And th- t- me, I'm so held on to it, I stop myself and go, oh, wait a minute, that's not what I say. Really? <laughs> and the audience start laughing. I go, ah, I fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> and I just walked around the stage. I was like, <sighs> just completely. And they were dying laughing because they know what I'm trying. I'm trying to record this. And I go, uh-huh. you fuckers are laughing. This shit ain't funny. <laughs> <laughs> They were just die laughing. And, but what, what I loved in that moment, they were with me. Yeah. And from then, I mean, we had a great time in the beginning, but from then on, it was just, they were fantastic. And Patrick Strait of the City Pages, I got to thank him. He sent the nicest tweet ever. He said that the last night was amazing, and, he, and he, it was the best show he's seen in a, in a long time. Wow. And he said that, and it was just a Tuesday. Yeah. 
So I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I had to live up to that. Uh-huh. But we had some fun last night. That's awesome. I, uh, it is, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I've, because I've come to so many shows here, I've changed where I try to avoid the weekends. I enjoy, I really enjoy coming like Tuesday and Wednesday yeah, nights now. Right. Yeah. Weekend solid, you know, you're solid, solid set, you know. Yeah. But, and, and uh, but you're right. During the weekday can be, a, you never know what could happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even, uh, so you said half hour. Yeah. Working on a half hour. Half yeah. hour. Yeah. Not, not hour. No, not yet. That'll okay. be next. But for right now, I'm working on this half hour. And then where does, okay, so you have, let's say, uh, now it's Sunday, and you have that all recorded and done. Where, what are you going to do with send that? Send it to the people I need to send it to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it going to end up on TV? <laughs> I don't know. Netflix? We hope. <laughs> TracyAshley.com? We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Just, you know what, I'll, I just asked everybody in the comedy community to send out some good comedy vibes for me. Right on. Did you work? Uh, I've been asking people about. Uh, you know, we're still in January here. New Year's Eve. Did you do a New Year's Eve show anywhere? No, you know what? I I used to always do New Year's Eve, and then, until I started being on the road so much and being gone from home, and so I decided I changed. I have worked every holiday since I was on cruise ships. Wow. When I was on cruise ships, I worked every holiday from a, when I was a youth counselor in college to an assistant cruise director to a cruise director out of college until I got here and started doing Acme. I have worked every holiday. So um, my husband and I decided, because he's a teacher and he, you know, works really hard throughout the year, where he's like, I'm off on holidays, you're off, let's, let's spend time together, you're gone a lot. Yeah. So unless it's an amazing gig and I can bring my husband, we celebrate with our friends back in Indiana. Okay. Um, some of uh, my husband's childhood friends that he grew up with, they've got kids, they come over and we really have a wonderful New Year's Eve together. And they come over to our house and we have a great time. Okay. I love the Osbournes. So shout out to the Osbournes. Shout out Osbournes. Any resolutions? Do you do that? No. No. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. But every year I want to I lose weight and get healthy. Every year. <laughs> because what do we do in December? Eat up everything, yeah. right? Um, so no resolutions. The only thing, I just want to keep moving forward with comedy. I've got some good things on, out there that could actually happen. And if they do, it'd be a great life for Tracy. <laughs> we, okay, so you, we've briefly talked about uh, you working with Tracy Morgan. Yes. Let's go back to, because I don't, how, how did that start? I was, um, I had, when I'd done Last Comic Standing, one of the producers was uh, touring with Tracy, working with Tracy Morgan. And he called me and he said, hey, um, Tracy's looking for an opener for his tour. And I gave him your clips and he looked at some people and he picked you. And I was so excited. You know, you're always excited to hear he, that Tracy Morgan, you know, that they picked me. Wow. And I said, yeah, I, I'm there. I am there. And I had already had a schedule filled with colleges. Okay, I was but wondering, yeah. I bumped I moved a bump, bunch of them around. My college agent was angry with me because <laughs> I no longer have one. They were so mad about it. I'm like, really? You need to look at the big picture here. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm up to with Tracy Morgan. Mm-hmm. So we decided to part ways. But but I will tell you, um, I had to change some dates because I was gone during the week doing colleges and on the weekends doing uh, touring with Tracy. So and that was going on all the way starting in February up until June that I was still doing this, you know, the schools and okay. touring with him. OK, then I finished the rest of the tour with him and we toured from June on to uh, December. We finished the second week in December. OK. And uh, that's how he they found me, though, was through Last Comic Standing. Wow. So those shows were just on weekends, you're saying? They were always on weekends. We might have done like a Thursday show, but they were always like Friday, Saturday. Okay. Uh, I have so many questions. I mean, I guess the most obvious one is how, I mean. Everybody wants to know how he's doing, and he's doing great. Mm -hmm. That's why I tell everybody. He's a true, Tracy Morgan is a true inspiration. Comics should really, comedians should really watch him. He's a true inspiration. 
Um, seriously, I mean, the, the guy two years ago, we all know the accident that he was in. And then I would sit, I'm sitting, sitting on the side of the stage watching this man every night do an hour or more. And, I mean, his fans love him, and yeah. he loves his fans, yeah. and he gives them a show. I got really upset with myself because I missed your show when you did That's you Mystic did Lake. Mystic another, Lake another amazing night. That was so great. I loved it. And then I saw these pictures post uh, pop up on Facebook of, like, my, you know, I guess you could say yeah. mutual friends right, that right. did make they, it. They did like, come to the show. <laughs> and Tracy me. was awesome, too, because I told him this is where I started comedy and stuff. And he was like, okay. And they all, comics, he, he uh, some of the comics, I invited them to the show. And they came backstage. They got to take pictures. It was great. Wow. It was wonderful. That tour, when people say, was that the best time in your life? Um, I tell people, yeah, it was one of the best times in my com- comedy career was this tour. Yeah. And meeting Tracy Morgan. Yeah. And you got to travel on the jet? Yes. Yes. I tell you, I, you get spoiled because oh. that was something. Flying around on a private jet and to all the gigs, man, it's something at the end of the show. Is there a Tracy actually seat then on the, like, no, <laughs> no. one sits there when you're no, not there we don't on have the private that. No, jet? no sign seats. Okay. But it is funny, like, um. <laughs> so you you fly private like that, and then you have to go back and fly on commercial, and you know somebody sits next to you in the middle seat, and you're like, I used to, I was on a jet. <laughs> I just want to tell her uh-huh. I was on a jet. Yeah, <laughs> you should just give me that room, right? Scoot, could you scoot over? I can't. But I tell you, that's a different world and a different lifestyle. And it was sweet. It, what I was gonna say is, it was so sweet to like fly in, do a gig, and then we got back on the jet and flew back. That and you're was not awesome. Going, you're not going through like the regular security and no. stuff. None of that, right? None of that. It was just so awesome to fly right back. It's kind of like when a comic, a comedian go. I keep saying comic comedians, but when you drive to a, a gig somewhere and it's like not too far from your home and it's like a three hour drive, and then you say to yourself, "I'm driving back home mm-hmm. after the gig." A lot of com- comedians will do that because yeah. we just want to get back. That's what it was like being on that jet. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Except there were no deer or anything in the, <laughs> in the, on the road. It was right. all clear. No, no, no worries about speeding. Right. <laughs> you could fall asleep and not crash. Oh, it was just fantastic. And it was a, it was a great, I tell you, it was a great experience. And I'm, I'm hoping to do it again and do it many more times. It was fantastic. Did you, had you met him before? No. No. And when the first day I met him, and I, t- I told Tracy Morgan this, the first time I met Tracy, I was all nervous at first. And the minute I started talking to him, I felt so calm. Because he's that way. He did not make me feel nervous. He was like, you're part of the team. And he brought me, accepted me in like we're family. And that's really, I, I'm, I, sometimes I'm like, I pinch myself. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I want to ask you about uh, what it was like. I, I read an article about it online of when you guys went back, to, went, did a show in Dover. Yes. Which was the city he was leaving right, when, that, right. this, uh, when the accident occurred. Accident that's happened. right. Yeah. He, I read a, little, read a little about that, but maybe you could share. That was a, a really, uh, there were times on this tour that were very emotional for Tracy Morgan. I can say that because we did shows where the people who helped him at the hospital, they were at those shows, you know. And then we did, uh, we went to Dover Downs and he brought back the couple of the comics that were on the tour with him. Yeah. And they came out on stage and he did a special tribute to his friend, uh, Jimmy Mack, who passed away and who was killed in the accident and um it was special and what was even more special was that there were actually people in the audience who came back who were there that same night oh wow i suppose they all came back for that show it was special i wonder what boy that's got to be in uh how would you even describe like just the eeriness i know i just saw tracy morgan and then oh my god he almost died that's right but then now and here he is again and he's 100% doing a great show. You wow. know what I mean? Uh-huh. 
what a, a there's so many I want to ask you about like comparing um, like here we are at Acme uh, you know there, there's um, these seats you know what like if you're I know you did a lot of casino shows yeah right? we did uh, we did a lot of theaters ca- a lot of theaters it was theaters casinos and we did some arenas also yeah and those all have more seats at a, than a place like yes. Acme completely different and uh, you have to embrace it. As a comedian, you have to go out there and embrace it. I remember being in Canada, and we were doing a show for 5,000 people. Different laughs for 5,000 people. Huh. The whole response is different. Yeah. And you have to know how to ride that wave of when you're with that many people. And then we'd go and do a casino. That's also different, depending upon, you know, people in the casino are gambling, drinking, you know. And some of the people who came to the show at the casino actually came to the sh- casino for the show. But right. then you have people who are actually there gambling and so forth, and they're drinking and they want to. They just happen to waltz right on in, yeah. also, you know. Um, but I will say that from venue to venue, I don't know. We didn't. We didn't look at it. It, it was just show to show. You know, every gig is a gig. Mm-hmm. Go knock it out every time. Uh, like here, show ends. You go like maybe out to the bar and socialize right, with right, people. Right. When a show ends, when you're at one of these, you on hit, hit the damn road. You're out the door, right? Out the door. Yeah. We're about our business, I will say that. We have fun. We have fun, we have fun. And when time is over, it's over. Let's we move on and we get ready for the next show. Yeah. Have you performed in every state just about now? I think I have. I was thinking about that the other day. Yeah. I should have one of those maps with the pins in it. I'm gonna get that one day and do it and put the pins in it from every place I've been. I'm thinking I haven't I just haven't performed in Alaska. Oh, okay. I haven't performed in Alaska. Not even, the cruise ships didn't go up there? Oh, yeah, but I didn't perform no, there. That's true. That's true. Uh, maybe also Hawaii. There you go. Alaska and Hawaii. You know, it just made me think of I'm, uh, my wife and I are going to Las Vegas tomorrow. Oh, okay. And hopefully going to see Kermit Apio oh, okay. perform Friday night. Oh, is he doing a show with Brian? Or is he doing his show? He's no, not not with Brian. He's doing a show at Brad Garrett's. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right in Las Vegas. Yes. That's right. Okay, yeah, the great, I saw that, great, last great. Week, that's right. He was posting pictures of being in Hawaii, where he of course <laughs> he's like the biggest right. celebrity ever. Right, he is. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I one of these articles I found. Uh, uh yeah, your name was in Rolling Stone. Yes, I was in Rolling Stone last year. That's right. See, I figured. <laughs> Justin, that's what's so bad about me. I forget all these little things. I'm like, ah, you need to put that on your website, Tracy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The uh, the Brian, who is a great, oh, I loved meeting Brian. Cool guy. Writes for Rolling Stone. Um, he went on the tour with us for a couple of days mm-hmm. and followed us around and followed Tracy and interviewed Tracy. It was fantastic. And I was so, I didn't expect to be mentioned in the article. It was so nice that he gave me a little mention. Yeah, he did. And, uh and he also mentioned the uh, – I'm in uh, – just this is mind-boggling. Sure. All the vehicles that your buddy Tracy Morgan has. <laughs> Have you seen the Lamborghini or the Rolls-Royce <laughs> or the Range Rover? Huh? Hey, yeah. Or the $150,000 watch? Oh, so he puts that all in the, yes. in the article? Okay. It says he owns more than one $150,000 watch. <laughs> Jesus. Is that, is that what you're – are you working up to that, Justin? Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't – Yeah. I don't even have a watch. Me neither. No. I'm, I I'm just want to get an Apple Watch. I actually have one of those. Oh, do you like it? Because no. I want to get one. You no. don't like it. No, but maybe they've maybe they're better with like the second version or something. Okay. I have one from I don't know a year and a half. I got it as a gift. Okay. I appreciate the gift. It was very generous. Right. Uh, if I if it was up to me, like and it's like, all right, if you still want this, now you have to pay for it. No, you wouldn't get it. No, oh wow. No, no. Okay. I don't know, but maybe do you like? I don't see. I don't understand. I don't know what the. 
it's sort of just like a carbon, like a copy, a mirror mm-hmm. image of your of your phone, phone. right? I which mean, is what it's not, supposed to be. Not really. Yeah, you know what it is. It's not something. It's not a necessity. No. Is it? it's not a necessity. If uh-uh. you get it, it's because something you wanted. Yeah, and it's it, there's some cool features on it. I mean, you see people boarding the plane and they take their watch because they're. Their boarding passes on the little screen on the watch, oh, and see? they go to board the plane. They put it under the little the scanner, blip, and they keep walking. Actually, no, I just changed my mind. I'm doing that tomorrow. <laughs> now I love it. Now I love it. Now I'm into it. <laughs> People do their health. That's what I want to get it for because I was going to get a Fitbit, and I thought no, I'll just get the Apple Watch because it has all the stuff on it that you need, and it, it's on my phone too. So I'm like, I want to use that. Yeah, and then but. It, it gets to that point where it's, yeah, it'll do that thing where it tells you to stand up. Like every, you can set it to like. Oh, really? You know, yeah. Act. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. It'll get, you know, like you don't, you need to be more active. Okay. So it'll be like, boop. Okay. Like every hour or something. Time to oh, get up. I like that. But I like that. But I look at it like, I just freaking sat down. What are you, are you not paying attention? They're trying to help you. They want you to live a longer life. I, I, I guess. <laughs> Apple wants us to live a longer life. <laughs> I guess. I, I guess they do. Um, does, uh, so of course I, was telling my wife Ashley. Yes. Look at this. I wrote your name on here last night uh-huh. on my piece of paper, and she. I had my notepad sitting out, and she went and put a heart around <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> well, tell her I said hello. I will. <laughs> and I uh, said my love. <laughs> I. Uh, I was like, hey, I'm talking to Tracy Ashley this week. She's like, Oh, air mattress. Yes. Is still traveling. Do you know? I'm so glad you mentioned that joke. I haven't done that joke in a long time. Oh. I might need to refresh that tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for reminding. <laughs> I'm, that's why I'm here. Yes, I have to put that back in. Do you know I stopped with the air mattress? You did. I've gotten a lot better because um, we were not. We were in pretty good hotels, so I, I could be okay. You okay. know what I'm, I'm? I'm okay as long as I know I'm going to be in a decent hotel. I'm okay, but I don't bring the air mattress. However, mm-hmm. I do bring mattress pad. Okay. My own blanket. Your own blanket. And my own pillowcase. Okay. And I still have my Ziploc bags for that remote control. Because yeah. I don't care what nobody said. That's the dirtiest thing in the, in the hotel room. And if you pick it up without putting it in a Ziploc bag, that is on you. Okay. I had a friend tell me, she goes, I pick it up. I don't care. I have a strong immune system. Next week, she was sick with a cold. I was uh-huh. like, what did I tell you? She uh-huh. goes, it wasn't from the remote. I go, yes, it was. <laughs> this is good. Well, like I said, I'm traveling this week. So I, okay. this is a good reminder of all the travel tips. Do you uh, have any for the airplane? Not not private thing. jet. Uh, yeah, right. That's different. Tips. When you're in a private I'll, I'll jet, it's different. Coach. It's very different. Coach, what, what what airline are you flying? Sun Country. Oh, you know I've never been on Sun Country. I'm a Southwest Airlines person. I love Southwest mm-hmm. because I left the laptop one time on the plane and I connected, got on a connecting flight, and realized I had left it on the flight before. Told the flight attendant we were in the air. She told the pilot they got in touch with the plane. They found it in the overhead. And they shipped it to me in Austin, Texas, when I was working at a comedy club out there, and didn't charge me a penny. Wow! All right. So Southwest has been—I've been—I've been traveling Southwest for years since I've been doing stand-up comedy. So that's who I go with. I can't think of any like airport stuff. You know, you get there. Are you TSA pre? Because that's the best thing to be. I don't even know what that means. TSA pre means you don't have to stand in that long line, take your shoes off. TSA pre means you've already been pre-approved. You go through the TSA 
pre-line. Oh, no. And you don't have to take your shoes off. No, no. Sometimes you have to take a jacket off. You just run everything right through, and it's a much faster line. No, no. I'll be there tomorrow, like, deciding, am I, do we still supposed to take our belts off? Do I can ah. leave it on? Or well, get it? ready. Get there early. That's yeah. all I can tell you, because now, especially with a lot of things that have been happening across the country with, the, you know, Fort Lauderdale, what happened, the shooting there, you know, they're, they up security. They're mm-hmm. taking a little bit more time with checking people. Mm-hmm. So I say get there early. If you're not TSA pre, get there very early. Yeah. I'm uh, with all the work that you did last year on the road. What do you do to uh, like wind down, relax, and sleep? You know that's been the biggest thing last year that I told my husband. I noticed. I said, "Man, I am so exhausted." That's because every year you get older, right? I'm getting older, and it's hitting me now. Okay. And I remember when I was much younger in comedy, Judy Gold told me, "She goes, you're gonna get tired of that road. She goes, you might be okay now, but you're gonna get tired of it. You gotta take care of yourself." And she was right. Because your sleep is kind of off. You know, you're not in your own bed. It's just, I mean, constantly I was going so much. So when I would get home, I'm not kidding you, Justin. I'd be off, say, like for two weeks. And I kept thinking, do I got to pack my bag? Do I got to pack, do I need to, I should be doing something to get ready to go out of town. Mm -hmm. No, Tracy, you don't have to go out of town. The best feeling for me is when I turn the television on and I'm under my blanket and I'm in my recliner, (laughs) because I'm old now, (laughs) and I see on tv the airport reports so they'll say they'll say uh weather's bad all flights canceled at o'hare you see people camped out at the airport i'm like i'm not in that yeah i'm home today (laughs) so that's you know little things sometimes truly and people my friends and family get mad at me because they think i'm avoiding them like i think they think i'm bougie or something like that i don't (laughs) want to hang out with them i'm like no I'm not conceited or bougie. I'm tired, y'all, uh-huh. and I don't want to hang out. I love you to death, but I'm exhausted. And the thought of getting in my car to drive an hour to see you is rough. I hear you. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. What, what was it like, uh, like being around such a huge star in Tracy Morgan? Mm-hmm. Like the way people, I mean, I'm sure people must treat him differently most definitely than just most definitely almost anybody else that's that the thing i noticed the most stature that's the thing i noticed the most of how people are treated you are already no matter what is a celebrity and i'm not just speaking of tracy but what i've seen is is when if they if they're a fan of yours you're accepted no matter what you could say you do no wrong they love you i saw people coming to tracy like screaming you know, crying. And what I love the, the most is seeing how gracious he was with his fans. Always taking pictures. Always being kind. Like, that's just, I was like, man, now that was impressive. Okay. Because after a while, you would think you get tired of people constantly calling your name. And, you know, and it's funny, Tracy I wonder, and I. Do you think he was like that before the accident? You know, you I don't know. Idea? Don't know. Don't yeah. know. But I will just tell you, he was, I don't think he was. I don't think he was. I can just tell you, though, that he was just great with his fans. And I learned a lot watching. Learned a lot watching. Yeah. Him. Very cool. Did, is he going to put you in a movie or something? You... I would love to do that. Ah, Hopefully, yeah. let's let's call him. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's do it. One of the articles I read uh, was describing about, and I'm curious how often or what is it like when this happens. That uh, the article I read, there was an older couple in the front. Maybe coming to expect Tracy Morgan, like the Tracy Jordan character. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And then he gets pretty foul. <laughs> and like the article I read described, it was like an older man, and then he got up, walked to the side of the stage, grabbed his wife's wheelchair, got her, and they left and never came back. Well, but that could happen at any club, any show. You know what I mean? Yeah. But maybe. Do you think people showed up expecting, uh, not knowing what to expect with Tracy Morgan? If they'd never seen him perform before, like stand-up, yeah. yes. If they'd never seen him do his stand-up routine, because he had plenty of specials. Sure. And 
he's no, you know, you see what he does with his specials. He does not mince words, mm-hmm. you know. If they knew that, then they knew what they were going into. Plus, the, the venue always tells you this is an adult show. You know what I mean? They always let everybody know this is an adult show. So oh. the, they shouldn't have been too surprised. <laughs> sure. Sure, sure. But some people think that, oh, I can handle I'm fine. I'm fine. And then they hear and they're like, oh, <laughs> wait, I can't, I can't deal with that. <laughs> Crazy! What happened? No. Oh, it's something I wanted to mention. Um, This doesn't really have to do with either of us. Just that uh, I wanted to mention this last week, and I didn't um, because I'm I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I have subscribed to uh, CISO. That uh, I've heard about this CISO. I just heard about this a few weeks ago. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I recently watched a couple um, stand-up specials. So is CISO Acme favorites? So is it just dedicated to stand-up? Yes. Okay, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah, okay. there's there's comedy series. Okay, so there are TV shows. Yes, here. Okay. and many stand-up nice. specials. And I just watched the new one from Nick Thune. Oh, I love and, Nick Thune. Yes, and then a few hours later, I watched the new one from Lori Kilmartin. I've been hearing a lot about Lori's special. Yeah. I want to see. I want to check her out. I love Lori. We're good friends. I really am excited because I remember she was doing all those tweets about her dad when he was passing. Yes. So I was always I was wondering how is she going to turn this into a set, and I hear it's brilliant. So I can't wait to see it. Tracy, it's amazing. Is it? I cannot wait. I'm a Lori. Did you hear that, Lori Kilmartin? It's amazing. Yeah, it's you. I was almost in tears at one point towards the beginning. And that's can I just tell you something? That's what Tracy Morgan does, because he talks about everything, and that's what I love watching, and that's what I want to be. Okay. To a point where you got people going through every emotion. He had them in tears, and he had them laughing. Yeah. All at the same time, so that by the end of the show, they were on their feet. Wow. That's something. Mm-hmm. That's a te- that's really a gift. Yeah, it's really I'd, a gift. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I would definitely say. Oh, oh, that's amazing. You know, we um, have you been watching another completely unrelated thing? But this is all I can talk about with people uh, these days. Is this freaking Scientology show, the Leah Remini? Have you seen this yet? No, because I again, I, when I'm home, I, I try to just kind of wind down a little bit. But I have a list of these shows that people have been telling me about that I have to see. So when I get that actual break break where I can just sit and I'm going to check it out because I've heard it's a, it's pretty interesting because she doesn't bite her tongue on what really oh, went on in it's, Scientology. It's is it is it, is it did away. you see Clear on HBO? Going Clear. Okay, Going Clear. Yes. Is it is it deeper than that? Because I thought that was that actually freaked me out. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's some there's they cover a lot of the, some of the same stuff. Uh, her show is more. Like each one kind of focuses on like a family or oh, one okay. person. So she's um, telling their story. Yeah, like one they'll do interviews. Okay, and it's and then you go on like on the internet and then read Scientology's point of view, like all their smear campaigns against yeah. these people. Yeah. Oh my god. It's amazing that she can. She. I'm proud of her for having the courage to come out and to do that. Oh, they have in the show like where these they, she gets followed. I bet. Like spied upon. Oh wow. It's wild. Wild. What do you? I, I'm all talking about another show. What, what network is that on? I gotta find that show. A and E. Okay. A and E. Okay. Uh, there's a couple shows people told me I should watch. I I watched Stranger Things. I still haven't watched the Luke Cage show. I watched the Hip Hop Evolution. That was great. Uh, oh, the Get I Down. That. Oh, that's good. Like the Get Down. I, I watched. like the Get Down. And but then someone told me, but my ex, my crazy ex girlfriend. But it, I guess that's not on Netflix. But someone told me I should watch my crazy ex girlfriend. Ex girlfriend. They say that's a great show. I don't know what that is. I, you know, and and I want to check out uh, Mr. Robot. Have you heard of this show, yes. Mr. Robot? Have you seen it? No. Okay. It, wait, Eric from the back, Mr. It's Robot. Good. So okay. good. Okay. So I want to check that out. All right. Uh, were there TV shows? 
that you weren't allowed to watch when you were growing kid? up? I'm trying to think what my mom, my mother would. While let you're us thinking watch. about it, I'll say that one of mine was. Um, I could watch at one point. I could watch The Incredible Hulk. Yes, but then afterwards, uh, Dukes of Hazard. We had to shut the TV off. No, we could watch. I will be honest, growing up. My mother did not. She didn't because I really wasn't interested in anything that wasn't okay. You know, and, and when I grew up, you got to remember what was on TV. I mean, I'm older, so what was on TV? You know, Love Boat, Fantasy Island. When I was a kid, like all that stuff was safe to watch. Yeah, no problem. And she didn't mind Dukes of Hazard. The only thing I want to say. It was funny. We didn't watch. I couldn't watch 60 Minutes because 60 Minutes did a story one time and I had nightmares afterwards. You know, that 60 Minutes, they do these, you know, investigative stories. Mm-hmm. And it was a story about a man who was mentally ill and they were talking about mental illness. And uh, he his his wife had him committed because he was mentally ill. And he was meeting with his doctors, you know, weekly, monthly, and they started feeling like he was getting better. And so they would give him a pass to go half day in the, in the institution and half day visiting. Uh-huh. And one day he got out. The first day or whatever he got out, he went to Sears, I think it was, and got a hunting knife. And he went and killed his wife. And they played the, the message because she's calling 911. And they played it on 60 Minutes. And I was a little kid, and I freaked out. Oh, no. I kept thinking that guy was going to come through because he came through the back door. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to come through the back door. And I was a little girl. Checking the lock. And I had no business watching that story, and I was horrified. So no more 60 minutes. <laughs> to this day. <laughs> to this day. <laughs> you don't even know who Morley Safer is. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No. What was the one guy? I did know Mickey. Was it Rooney? Something Rooney oh, at the yes. end? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah, Mickey Rooney. But 60 Minutes, I think, was the only thing she wouldn't... That was only, Other than that, I watched, you know, I like to watch all the comedies on television. I got into all that stuff when mm-hmm. I was a kid. I loved uh, Credible Hulk. Come on, that was it. We'd all get together around the TV. That was the show. I just switched... Um, I dropped the... We have satellite at my house, but I dropped the receiver box okay. for the... Like the... Bait, my man room downstairs. Because mm-hmm. yep. uh, I really didn't watch it. It wasn't worth... It wasn't even worth the 10 bucks mm-hmm. I was paying a month for that extra box or whatever. But I went and I bought the uh, old antenna, like the over-the-air antenna Did now you? to get what those signals. What was that like? It's... Uh, well, the first time I plugged it in, I got four stations, and then I moved it to a different part of the room and got 30. So that oh, was Oh, wow. Yeah. But the very first show that popped up, and this is the reason why I even bring this up, was Lucille Ball. That's what Yay. was on one of these... Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I Love Lucy was on. Do you watch anymore? Lately, I haven't, um, but I, you know, I have like a Lucille Ball app on my phone where I can watch clips from really? the show. I love Lucille Ball. Yeah. So and I used to have a screensaver, Lucille Ball. Like, like, yeah, but I haven't watched recently. I even have the box set. I got, yeah, I love Lucille. Nice. I love her. How was, uh, how was Christmas in Tracy Ashley's home? Christmas was great. It was relaxing because I, you know, I finished the tour. I actually came here to do some shows, uh, working on some stuff at a small theater in, in uh, New Hope or whatever. Uh, oh yeah, that's the over there, and I did a couple shows, but it ended up not being a great week for them because it was so much. That was the week you guys got hit with so much snow, and it was like negative twenty three. It was really, really, really rough. So yeah. I was like, man, I do pick the coldest time to come to the Twin Cities. Uh-huh. So by the time I got home, I had about just two weeks off. So really, Christmas for me was re- relaxing, and I did have. This is going to sound so might sound silly to some, but to pet lovers, they'll get it. I had a nineteen year old cat 
that I had adopted from Golden Valley, the Humane Society, when I lived here 19 years ago, and he passed away right before Christmas. Oh. And that was really, like, that was my heartbreaker for yeah. Christmas. And I was like, ah, oh, you could, you, you almost made it, babe. You almost made it. Freaking 2016, whole, man. Every time through the tour, I would come home going, let Lenny still be here. Because he, he, was, he was sickly for a while, but then he had gotten better. But he got that kitty cancer, and he had a little tumor over his chest, metastasized, and he was gone, like, within—he was gone quick. Cats don't live much past 19, do they? Most cats don't make it to 19. That's what I didn't think the, so. My vet would laugh, because when I brought, bring the cats to the vet, he said, Tracy, our, our, our chart stops at 16. <laughs> <laughs> he told me that. Our chart stops at 16. He goes, you got a 19-year-old. Stop I have bringing a, your cat in. We don't know what to do. And I have another cat, and I should say Lenny would have been 19. This was It was close, coming close to that. But sure. Boris is 20, my other cat. What the hell? And what? I got them both from the Golden Valley Humane Society. And when I first got them, I took them to a holistic vet. I think that had a lot to do with it. I took both kittens to a holistic vet. And what do they do? They just, the food that they ate was different. Um, the whole Their whole lives, you fed them something different well, than when, most people? when they were kittens, okay. right? Oh, yeah. And then when they got a little bit bigger, then I was able to get them on science diet. And I really think that helped with what they ate when they were kittens from to now. Jesus. 20 years old, Boris is. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And walks up and down the steps and everything. And both cats did. As a matter of fact, when Lenny passed away, the day before he passed away, my husband had a video for me because he knew how much I loved my cat. And it's a video of him jumping from chair onto the bed. Just, mm-hmm. God damn. Mm-hmm. 2016 was the year of death. Mm-hmm. For so many, right? It was yeah. crazy. Uh-huh. But do you think it was the year, like, or did we have a lot in 2015? Because I felt like I remembered us doing the same thing constantly and people saying the same thing by the end of the year. Uh, I think... From my memory, the last time it was that significant was the year Anna Nicole Smith. Okay. And what else happened that year? There was a whole bunch of... Her I, son died. She died. Yeah. yeah. There was okay. a whole bunch that year. Okay. That she, for some reason, she's the only name I'm remembering <laughs> right, right now. Right. Uh, what was that? 2006, 7, 8, okay. something like that? I remember that as being a big okay. one. Yeah. Yeah, but everybody kept... And it was, it was funny because somebody wrote, too bad the people who had a great 2016 can't write about it because everybody's talking about how crappy 2016 was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Don't no, damn it. it in. I had a great 2016. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. We could all live, uh, you know, I had live vicariously one. through Tracy Ashton. <laughs> exactly. Um, what else was I going to say about that? Oh, I'm not sure. Uh, you, do you sell? Do you bring your old CDs on the road? Yeah, I'm going to bring my CDs, shows? and I'm actually my next goal is to now work on the next one. At, at some point, I got. I'm starting to write some new stuff. So, after I record this, this is kind of like some of my older bits, and kind of like want to lay these to rest. And then I've been working on some other stuff because I got. It's time for me to put out another CD. So, but I do have my CD two first names with me, <laughs> and that I I brought this week, and I uh, will be selling them after the show. Okay. Okay. Right on. Uh, what's I looked at your site to see. I wanted to make. Don't sure. ever go to my website. I need to do better on my web. I have a web guy, and I, I my web person, These, today, he week's... does a great job, but it's my fault because I'm the one that's supposed to call him and give him the information. Okay. And sometimes he'll see on my Facebook, "Hey, you posted your dates on Facebook, but you didn't give them to me Oops. to put them on the website." I'm like, "Oh, I forgot about you." Yeah. <laughs> well, you did have this. this yeah, week's this week's dates up, and then after this week, I'm doing uh, going to uh, California next week do some showcases and uh, be out there for a while okay all right did you see um uh they're in bbc i think is doing a series and they're doing a store 
a Michael Jackson story. Did you see this? They no, put no. the previews online. I have a picture. I'll show you. I'll pull it up. It's right a Michael now. Jackson series. Well, it's just it's a TV series, Urban Myths, I believe it's going to be called. Oh, and okay. each episode is going to f- uh, do a different story, and there's going to be one about Michael Jackson. Okay. Uh, but if you can see that picture, see that's Michael Jackson from the movie. Stockard Channing, that actress, is playing L- Elizabeth Taylor. They're telling the story of a road trip that allegedly happened right after 9-11 with Michael Jackson. uh, uh and uh, who else was it? Liz Taylor. Liz Taylor and um, oh, the guy from The Godfather, the The Godfather. What the hell's his name? Brando? Marlon Brando. Really? Yes. yes. And Stockard Channing is playing her, and then uh, Joseph Fiennes, a white guy, is playing Michael Jackson. You know what? I heard about this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just speechless. I mean, I, I love reading the comments because people will say, well, of course they had to get a white guy. Did you see what his skin looked like towards the end? He didn't look like a white guy. His Mm-mm. skin was just, you know, he had that disease that he said he had. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. That picture right there looks so comical. That looks more like um, that movie Elephant Man than anything. I don't know what that is. Look at it. Look at it. I just zoomed it in there. It, that I'll, looks nothing like Michael Jackson. Also, I don't know if they put nostril holes. Did he not have nostrils? <laughs> There's no holes in that yeah, nose. That's a rough picture. That looks nothing like <laughs> Michael Jackson. I'll post this on the. Uh, on I, you know Facebook what? I can't page. wait to hear is how he talks. I want to hear how he speaks. Do they show? Uh, do they have that? Because that's gonna be. I did. I just looked at the picture. I didn't watch. There's actually a trailer that you can uh, watch. I can't wait till this comes out because I will tell you, I'm gonna check that out. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, what he said was, hey, Jackson definitely had an issue, a pigmentation issue, and that's something I do believe. He's probably closer to my color than his original color. Hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I still think they could have got someone black to play that part, uh, African-American to play that part, and done stuff with the makeup and like they do with every other movie. I think it was such a, a stretch to let's go get a white guy and yeah. put the makeup on. I think that was like, come on. Kind of like what they did with Nina Simone. Nina Simone, they had a documentary with Nina Simone that came out, a movie, and everybody was up in arms because they had, oh, and I can't think of her name right now. We can look it up. Um, what's the beautiful lady? She's very pretty. Not Tandy Newton. Hmm. She was in a Star Trek movie, I believe. Um, oh, her. Zoe Zaldana. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She played Nina Simone. Now, if you look at Nina Simone and then look at Zoe Zaldana, completely. Now, granted... I know there's a thing called acting. Yeah. But you're stretching. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a big, I don't know how it did, how well it did. If it did well at all, I don't know. But I just know a lot of people were up in arms by, up by that. What's the uh, latest on, is there anything you can say about your acting? Are you trying? I've been acting. Yeah. And uh, I'm hoping to do some more acting. So we'll see. So, uh, yeah, I, I, that's, my first love has always been stand-up comedy. But, you know, as comedians, we do some acting on stage. Sure. You know, and I've always wanted to venture out into doing that. So I'm just like every other stand-up comedian. I have an acting coach, and I've done a few, few things. I actually did a thing for a sketch comedy group called the Don't We Boys out of Michigan. Uh-huh. We, did, we did the Laugh Fest uh, a couple years ago, and they asked me to play the secretary. And I was like, I could play the secretary. So I played the secretary at this uh, this this co- company that was basically a company where we sell comedy, stand up, co- uh, sell sketches and comedy to your job or whatever. But it was it's a funny clip, and it's called the Don't We Boys. Oh, okay. And that people can find that. Yep, they can mm-hmm. actually find that if you Google it. I think you can find it on YouTube, and then it might be on. We just uploaded it today. You can see it maybe on my Facebook page. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, right on. 
All right. What else? is there anything else should be should we should be mentioning, Tracy? About what's going on? I with hate because I forget. Because I'm so glad you showed me that Star Tribune. That means so much that they that they that they said that because that night was such a special night. Uh, and I and again, I want to say when I said because I didn't finish the thought, I had said Louis Lee had been here for me when my mother died for every breakup that I had ever had, and even the times when I didn't know. Like I had emotional th- go- things going on in my life where I would be by myself thinking, you know, what's my future going to be like? What am I doing? Am I going to be, be able to do this as a comic? And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should just get married and have a family and just stay home. That's what I should do, right? Mm-hmm. And then I, um, but Lewis, I would talk to Lewis Lee. And he would always, as we say, talk you off the ledge. Mm-hmm. He would always talk me off the ledge. And he still does it to this day. I mean, uh, we could turn this into a love fest of Lewis. I'm just going to say <laughs> that uh, I, anytime, yeah, I mean, I'm very, we're all very lucky. Yeah, and I don't think Lewis realizes it. No. Because, you I know, we, we, we leave, we go on. Lewis is like, he gets us ready. He's like, okay, little birdie, now go out there, you know, and he lets us go. And then we always, but we always come back. And I think I always want to, I always think to myself, I hope Lewis knows how much he means to me, how much he means to us. And I, that was a great night to let him know and I, let everybody know. Yeah, for sure. I was on a uh, I, I was on a guest on a podcast recently, the Tw- Twin Cities podcast. People okay. can look that up. And uh, towards the end of the thing, he asked me, the guy, the host asked me if uh, who's the most uh, so- a local celebrity or someone that you know or have crossed paths with that you respect that you have a lot of respect for. And I immediately said Louis yes. Lee. And I was like because he, he treats people. Like in his employees, mm-hmm. really well, and that's why this club has been here so yeah. long and has really produced a lot of very successful comic comedians and good comedians. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there, I just when I come to the open mics and I watch the. Were news, you here Monday? No, but I've been. You know, I would come down when I would be in town. I didn't come Monday because my husband made me stay home to watch that game, the foot, the championship, the college championship. Oh right. He's like, you can't leave on that day. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, when I would come down and watch the open mics and see the new people coming up, I'm like, wow. I'm always impressed. Yeah, and it's it's and and then and then the Monday night caught in the act is still always so crowded. Mm-hmm. It's like legendary. When I first when I first got here today, you asked you were having a conversation with Lewis, and you asked me if I watched the uh, Obama saying goodbye. Yes, I missed it last night because I was here. Yeah, no, I figured. Um, at the end, there were two things that stood out for me. Okay. One, he started crying when he was talking about his wife and kid, Aww. and that was super touching. Okay. Then at the end. They went and it was like uh, he he and his wife and everybody must have hugged everyone in the crowd. Like they just walked along the roped off area and he was fist bumping and shaking hands and like doing the what's up man shakes. Like <laughs> it was, I was wa- I stood there and watched. I was fascinated by the uh, three four uh, Secret Service people around him. Like the don't smile. And, okay. Like, hands are out and just kind of like, right. ready to pounce if anything goes wrong, right. which I thought was fascinating. But. The different handshakes he was giving everybody, and oh, the wow. hugs, and, the, and wow. then and then they'd switch to uh, Michelle, and she's like on another part of the uh, right. theater right. doing the same thing. It was just like they're classy couple. They're like, class I act. Be there and get a hug. From yeah, you. they're class act. I'm gonna miss them. I'm really gonna miss them. And you know, I know people are all you know. There's some so many Trump supporters and all that, and you know, I have nothing to say uh, against him and all that. So, you, I listen. I didn't vote for him. That's all I can say. Right, sure. but. You got to say something for the class that Obama had and the, and the way he carried himself. Mm-hmm. Already, Trump's not even in office, and just already, it's just constant, you know, name calling, pointing fingers. You know, it's different. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are trying to keep. People keep saying this. 
And this is something I want people to think about. They keep saying, he says what's on our mind. He says what we're thinking. Just because he says what's on your mind and what you're thinking doesn't mean your mind and your thinking is right. Exactly. (laughs) There's a whole big picture out here. Uh There's a whole big, and there's so many sides to everything in our government. There are so many things we do not know and we'll never know. Mm -hmm. So when people keep constantly saying, he speaks his mind. You you really need to look at that mind then, because yeah. some of the stuff he's saying is just off the wall. Oh, you know, and you know who else they say that about is like a morning radio show host. Yeah, yeah. They don't. They're not presidents. No, they're not presidents. And guess what? Entertainment. And guess what? They're supposed to do make it interesting. Exactly. And that's the joke I was doing recently about Hillary, which I'm not going to continue to do the joke, and I don't mind saying that on the podcast. But okay. But um, but I've been you know saying that you know it seems like what everybody wanted was more spark. They wanted more spark in somebody. And that's why I was like, Hillary, come on, do something. You could have you could have outshined him. Show your titties. Do anything. <laughs> come on, Hillary. You could have outshined him. Because they kept saying, when they go low, we go high. Nah, not with Trump. Right. <laughs> Sometimes when they go low, we're going to go low, too. We're going to meet you right there. Uh-huh. And we're going to show you. We got balls, too. That's what we needed to show. You know, little leg, Hillary. Come That's on. That's right. We need to show you. We got ball, Hillary. We got balls too. We're not afraid, and we're not going to give you some textbook uh, explanation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted it. Hillary to grab her crotch, and be like, "Let me tell you something, Trump. <laughs> you can kiss my left titty." Yeah. You know, I wanted her to get in it, <laughs> but she didn't. But oh well. <laughs> Love it. And here we are. Yep, and here we are. <laughs> this is my next to the last uh, podcast as with uh, Barack Obama as president. We got yes. one more. Yes. And then the world ends, according to. Most <laughs> And then we'll Listen, I keep telling people, let's one. stop being afraid, okay? Yeah. Stop being scared. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't feel there's a reason for us to be afraid, okay? He got four years. We're going to see what he's going to do. I love what Chappelle said. I'm going to give him a sh- chance, mm-hmm. and he needs to give these people who he's hurt a chance, too. So we're going to give him a chance and see. I like that. I like that. Tracy, it's been great. It's been great. Always great. Yeah. Let's do this again, like, within the next year, please. I know. <laughs> All right. That'd be awesome. Come back. Unless, you know, unless you're, uh, you know. I, I mean, I'm not awesome because you're not supposed to say awesome anymore. That would be hype. Oh, that's hype. Yes, hype. Hype. So unless you're, like, uh, headlining your own shows at theaters somewhere. Or Let's hope. Yeah. Let's hope. Okay. I would still come back anyway. Oh, of course you would. Right. Thank you. Take care.